pregnancy, birth, and life with a newborn, all in this podcast. There is nothing off limits in this one. We are getting into all of it. What to pack for the hospital, what to eat, and how much to exercise while pregnant. C-section recovery. Preparing for transition from one to two kids or two to three. Pictures in the hospital. Brother and sister gift ideas or basket ideas. Visitors and relatives and setting up boundaries. Surviving the first 24 hours at home with a newborn. Having newborn photos taken once you get home. How to manage your other kids and a newborn and maybe even work too. Hormones, not feeling well after the baby is okay and expect it. Quote, getting your body back, what to expect and how to feel like yourself again. And how to stay calm when things don't go exactly as you planned and how to really embrace this very special time of life. Let's go. You're listening to the How to Be Awesome at Everything podcast, where we're obsessed with life hacks that make your life more awesome. Your host, Lindsay Dickhout, is an entrepreneur and business owner, a mom and wife, and someone who wants to do things over the top at all times. This concept started as a collection of things Lindsay has learned that she was documenting to give to her kids one day, and now it's a podcast. Join us on this journey where we talk about how to be awesome at everything we do. Here's Lindsay. Well, this is going to be a very full and a very podcast episode today, and I know that because I spent a ton of time researching it. Some of these podcast episodes are things that I'm so passionate about and I, you know, kind of know so well and talk about so much that I kind of just come on and just, you know, wing it. I just chat. And this is one of those that I wanted to really dig in and research and see what the experts are saying and just really, really, really dig deep in my research to um, really give you the most full, all-inclusive episode all about pregnancy, birth, life with a newborn, you know, the good, the bad, what the ugly, <laughs> what people told me that really helped, you know, the best advice, the advice that didn't really help, to be honest. I mean, all the things. There are so many things that I plan on talking about in this podcast episode. And the thing that I want to start off with is what I wish I would have really known and understood going into pregnancy, birth, newborn, all of it is that each period of time may seem like it's going to last forever. Like I had very difficult pregnancies. All three was sick basically every day, like a really bad hangover every single day, all three times. When you're, Or maybe if you have a colicky newborn or any of these phases, they all, they seem like they're never going to end, but they always do. And then looking back on it, it never seems as long as it was or as rough as it was. So, I mean, I definitely would say give yourself some grace. If there's ever a time to slow down and be patient with yourself or patient with your baby, I really think that this is it. And we're going to kind of start going through it, you know, in order. We're going to talk about pregnancy and birth and the hospital and then when you get home and then kind of, you know, even fast forwarding to like dealing with hormones and healing and your body and feeling like yourself again and maternity leave and transitioning back to work after maternity leave if you're going to do that. There's just so many things to cover. And like I said, I'm going to start in order, but I just wanted to start with, you know, this is one of those times where I just think that we should put less pressure on ourselves and understand that things are definitely not all going to go exactly as you think. 
and to be open-minded and calm and prepared and present so that you're ready for, you know, whatever, whatever life throws your way. And I'm telling you, if you are doing this for the first time, there is no, there is no better feeling in the world than meeting your baby and loving on your baby. But also you, you know, I looked forward to the hospital so, so, so much, like just holding your baby in the skin to skin. And that is also incredible. But I think what people don't tell you is depending on if you've, you know, if you have a natural delivery or a C-section, you don't always feel as great as you think you might feel after your body goes through so much, you know? So we're going to get into all that when we talk about kind of recovery and stuff. But like I said, there's just so many things that you might not expect and might not be what you think. And um, I think that just being able to be in a good place mentally and not be so set in your ways of what how you expect things to go that you, you know, kind of freak out if they don't go that way. So let's get right into it with pregnancy, what to eat and exercise. Now, first, um, I took so many of these topics from what people sent in through Instagram, through a, asked a question in my Instagram stories, what do you want to hear about? And I got so many great answers and they are all packed in here. So that's where um, kind of I'm using for for our little guide here for this episode today. So what to eat and exercise. Now, this is a very big, big topic and it's very complicated too, because I think that, you know, this is one of those times when people feel like, you know, let's, you know, eat whatever you feel like. And I do think that there are splurge moments, hundred percent, but I really feel like as much as, you know, we might not want to hear it when we are pregnant, this is not the time to, I don't know, have splurge every day for lots of reasons, just for, your overall, how you feel overall and um, the health of your baby and, you know, getting back to feeling like yourself afterwards. So of course I, I love everything about nutrition and healthy eating. And I would say that focusing on limiting your refined grains and starches, foods like white bread, cookies, you know, um, kind of traditional packaged snack foods, I definitely would stay away from any sugary drinks or, you know, lots of sodium, too much salt, but lots of, you know, of course, I always say the same thing, vegetables and fruits for your carbs. I would do like, you know, sweet potatoes and quinoa and really good grains. And then I would do some good lean protein. And I think overall, it's the quality of the food. Eat as much organic as you can. Fruits and vegetables are so important, especially for the vitamin C and the folic acid. You know, you just need so much vitamin C when you're pregnant. They say you need 70 milligrams. So that's fruits like oranges and grapefruits and honeydew and in vegetables like broccoli and tomatoes and Brussels sprouts. I always try to fill up on um, fruits and vegetables and so, you know, you, you should definitely never diet, never restrict calories. And I am all about a good splurge, but I just think on the daily, especially while pregnant, as, as much as it's not that fun to say, I think that you should eat for nutrition. And then when you're going to have those splurges, 
you know, go for it. Fully splurge, but don't get in the pattern of splurging too much on the daily just because you won't feel as great. It's going to be harder to kind of transition afterwards. And we want to give our baby as much, um, you know, as much nutrients as we can. That being said, if there's something that you're, you know, really craving, I say go for it. I just think that pick, you know, pick and choose. I really think that, you know, you should be eating a, you know, not, not restricting, of course, and, um, just eating a lot of good, good quality foods. And like I said, I think that organic is really, really the way to go if you can. And of course, make sure you take your prenatal vitamins. Those are probably going to be your main source of vitamins and nutrients. Um, make sure that you, you know, find one that agrees with your stomach. I know a lot of them can be kind of hard on the stomach, but um, those are really key. And if you are not pregnant yet, I would start taking the prenatals like six months before you get pregnant if you can. Like the minute you start trying to get pregnant, I would start taking the prenatals because they are like super, super vitamins. And of course, drink your water. I love this big, huge container of water from Amazon. For me, it just keeps me accountable. So I'm making sure that I'm drinking lots and lots of water. This is especially essential at the end of pregnancy when that baby is growing and they're filling up all that space and there's just less room for fluid. Drinking lots and lots of water is so important. So in general, I think lots of good whole foods, as many fruits and vegetables as you can, lots of water, lean meats, you know, um, fish and eggs. We need iron. The baby needs protein, especially in the second and third trimesters. Um, you know, and iron, iron helps carry oxygen to your growing baby. And so we need it. So lots of varieties of food, try different things out. Some things might not be appetizing during certain times of your pregnancy. But I really think it's kind of like feeding, you know, a toddler, even though they won't eat broccoli the first time, don't stop serving them broccoli, like keep trying. Um, but avoid fish that has um, lots of mercury, you know what I mean? But make sure you're getting in your protein, like three servings of protein a day, I think is really, really ideal. And of course, like I said, those prenatals are essential. So splurge when you want to, but I think that you'll feel so much better. I mean, I almost think it's better to splurge like later on because you have a lot of things working against you. If you really are one of those people who's active and fit and you're really concerned about your body afterwards, how you feel and how you look, I think that pregnancy, you know, despite what most people think is not the time to splurge because you've got a lot working against you, man. <laughs> Wait till afterwards and when you're able to work out normally, then do, you know, the crazy hot fun Sundays and things like that when you don't have other things kind of working against you. I don't know. For me, I felt I, I didn't feel great and I knew I wanted to feel strong and not feel sluggish. And if I eat a whole bunch of big, heavy meals, I don't just don't feel great in general. So I gained about 25 pounds all three pregnancies, give or take a little bit. And I found that I just didn't get so tired, you know, as if I were to have gained more weight. Um, but I think that if you can stick like around 30, you'll just feel good and it'll just be easier afterwards. All right, let's talk about exercise. So if you are healthy and your pregnancy is considered normal, the experts say that it's safe to, you know, continue your regular physical activity. Um, for me, I really, you know, listen, this is, I am 100% not a medical expert. I really think for the first trimester, well, of course, consult your doctor for everything you do. But for me, 
I think that the first trimester, you should just be mellow. Like I was going to Orange Theory when I got pregnant with Parker doing like intense running and rowing and like intense. And, you know, I did it a couple times and I was like, you know, this just doesn't feel right. I'm growing a little tiny seed right now. And, um, you know, they say that physical activity is totally fine. I just think that if you can take it down a notch during the first trimester, for me, that's what makes the most sense and kind of feels the most natural. But I do think you should do some sort of exercise every day, even when you don't feel well. I'm telling you, even if it's 10 or 15 minutes, I just think that something that's moderate intensity, there are so many good workouts these days. I love on Obey Fitness, OBE Fitness. They have so many great um, pregnancy workouts that it just makes it so easy. I just think that moving your body, stretching, you know, as, as you grow, you'll get more sore and stiff. And I think raise your heart rate and sweat a little. So for me, a walk is not enough. Like walking is good, but I just think it needs to be a little bit more something to where you're building muscle and you know, you're sweating a little bit, your heart rate goes up. So, you know, like I said, a walk is good, but I think that if you could do some sort of prenatal workout, um, you know, every day just to keep your body moving, even if it's like a a full stretching thing for 20 minutes, something more for like, you know, mental clarity and, you know, just to stay in touch with your body, I think is so key. And I, even when I was sick, listen, if it was just 10 minutes, no matter what, just to keep the momentum, I worked out every day, just about. Um, and again, I don't think you should put too much pressure on yourself. If it's, you know, doesn't feel natural. Of course, if your doctor tells you it's not safe, then, then go with it. It's a short time of life in the big picture. But if you feel good, if your doctor gives you the okay, if you're not high risk, then I think make the time for yourself every day. I think that you'll feel strong. You will, like I said, just be in touch with your body and it will definitely, definitely make, um, getting your body back afterwards easier. So I'm a big fan of healthy eating and exercise. Like I said, as, as, as that might not sound like the most fun thing to do when you're not feeling well, if you are not feeling well during your pregnancy, but I think that it is the best thing for you and for your baby in the short term and in the long term. Okay. Lots of requests on what to pack for the hospital in your hospital bag. What are we packing? So I have the biggest, most inclusive list. This took me so long to put together because I wanted to make sure I included everything you could need. Now, this is one of those times that I think that you should pack ahead of time and pack smart, but also don't be afraid to pack the things that you need. Just pack it condensed, you know? So here are a couple things that no one told me. Formula. So we all think that we're just going to pop out a baby and then perfectly breastfeed and it's going to be fantastic and we'll never need formula. But the truth is, that's not always the case. So bring formula in case you have to supplement. You will likely want your own brand, not what the hospital has. So nothing against hospital formula, but I wanted my own kind of organic formula for a baby And when I went in with Stella the first time, she had to go to the NICU, which of course we weren't expecting. And it was, it was super sad. And she had to stay in a tube for a couple days. So I um, couldn't breastfeed. They wanted her to stay in there. So we had a supplement formula right away. So I didn't know that. So they had to give her the hospital formula. Then I had someone bring me some organic formula. So I kind of learned that one the hard way, but 
bring your own formula and even your own little baby bottles if you want. Um, don't freak out about it. Just be prepared and just go with it. If even though I had planned on doing that breastfeeding and that's it and no formula for a long time, it just didn't work that way. And listen, it was okay. Another thing I didn't realize is depending on how your baby is measuring, you might want to bring some preemie options. So both of my girls were born pretty small and all of their onesies were too big. So if the baby is measuring small, consider some preemie options so you have clothes that fit. Wash them ahead of time with a very gentle baby fragrance-free detergent. And have some clothing options, have some footed onesies, have some little onesies, have a swaddle. I love the Halo newborn swaddles. They are the best, H-A-L-O. So, and I will link all of these things in the blog post. So, and in the show notes, probably unless the list is too long, but no matter what, howtobeawesomeateverything.com will definitely have all of them. So the Halo Swaddles, they have like a micro fleece, which is so soft and delicious. And that's the thicker one. But then they also have like really thin, nice Jersey cotton ones. So depending on the weather and where you're at, and I would definitely get both because they both have, you know, are completely different if you want to really keep the baby snuggly and warm, or if you want, if you need it to be a little bit cooler and a little bit more breathable, but definitely bring those swaddles. The old fashioned way of swaddling, in my opinion, is totally out. There's no need to struggle with a swaddle that could come undone when they have these really great, safe and cozy swaddle options available with the Velcro that just wraps the baby on in. And definitely bring some sort of personalized something. There are so many options on Etsy now. I swear when I had Stella almost 10 years ago, you really had to like dig or have something custom made. But now there's so many things. So you could do beanies or an outfit with the baby's name on it if you know the name a blanket, a little name tag, you know, just something that you'll love for the pictures. And if it's something inexpensive and you're still deciding between three names or if you're one of those people that likes to see the baby before you choose the name, then listen, get an inexpensive beanie and get all three names on them. You can put the other two in the keepsake. Like these were your these were your backup name options, little dude or little girl. Um, but I think something personalized is just so, so sweet. Um, definitely bring a robe and slippers for you so you can be cozy and not have to be barefoot in the hospital. I also brought flip-flops for the shower. So if you're going to shower at the hospital, you might want to come have shower shoes, throw back to the college days. And also have a few outfits, quote unquote outfits, loose outfits for you in case you stay longer than you thought. You want to have different options or, you know, you might get, you know, you might get some things on them. (laughs) You know, listen, we're recovering and there's fluids and there's blood and you just never know. You want to be comfortable. This is um, an emotional time. It's a hormonal time. Have some options. When I came out of birth, I still, I still felt and looked like six months pregnant. So keep that in mind. You might not feel that, you might feel more like three months pregnant, but I felt a full like six month pregnant still. So I really liked like, you know, lounge lounge pants, maybe some lounge pants with a high waist that kind of like helped pull you in, which is really, really great and comfortable. And then like a loose sweatshirt or sweater or t-shirt kind of thing, just so you don't feel self-conscious, but you, you know, listen, I'm all about embracing it, but I just want to, you know, sometimes you, depending on um, how you deliver, you could have pads, you could have, you know, stitches, like there's all these different things. Pack some options, make it loose, make it comfortable, 
and pack a few more than you think in case you end up staying longer, especially during COVID. If you are listening to this right now in real time as I am recording it, during COVID especially, you might not be able to have someone run home for you. You know what I mean? So make sure you pack plenty. Also, pack a phone charger and maybe even like a portable charger. That way, if you're kind of laying in bed and you want to keep your phone charged, you have that. That's easy to forget. Healthy packaged snacks. Now, with Postmates and DoorDash and Uber Eats now, um, I never ate hospital food um, but the, but the last time I was pregnant and it was so nice. It was just felt like a little vacation. My husband and I would order acai bowls and then we'd order, you know, we'd order whatever Mexican at night. It just made it fun when you're, you know, in there in the hospital and you're, you know, already tired and lacking sleep. It was fun to look forward to kind of special meals and, and doing delivery for every meal when we wouldn't normally. And it felt like a fun little splurge. And plus hospital food is not known to be the tastiest, but I also like bringing healthy packaged snacks as well, just for those times in between meals or just to kind of get you by. There's nothing worse than, you know, being starving and not having those things that you like. So bring those just to be prepared. Bring a portable speaker if you want a little bit of music in your room. I love having like light music on all the time. Like it is so much more relaxing to me than dead silence. So I brought a portable speaker and it was so nice just to put on whatever, just to put on chill music um, to have, you know, on low so it didn't bug anyone, but in the hospital room was key. Also bring your regular skincare or makeup just in case you want it. It's better to have it all. And, you know, I just think pack like you're going on a weekend vacation, pack your makeup, pack your, you know, deodorant, your lotion, all your favorite things. Even if you're not sure if you're going to want it, just pack it because um, there might not be an option to get it if you don't. Now, of course, we're going to need all the things, all the things people don't always tell you about. You're going to need panty liners. I like a thin one and a thicker one so that you kind of have options depending on your recovery. Also, full coverage undies. You're definitely going to want some full coverage undies when you're kind of going through the recovery. Now, a lot of people love nursing bras and nursing tops. I really use more like regular tops that were nursing friendly rather than actual nursing tops. But I did link a couple um, nursing items that I really, really like specifically. But I think a lot of times, you know, you're wearing robes and you're wearing button down pajama sets that you can kind of easy, easily open up um, to kind of make way for nursing. Also, you might want to bring your own diapers and baby wipes if you want a particular brand. I love Pampers Swaddlers because those are the ones that have the little line that's yellow and turns green when it gets wet. And then I also love the unscented, really kind of natural baby wipes. So if you like, if you're specific about your own diapers and wipes and you're not sure if you want to use the hospital stuff, bring your own. Also, I think most hospitals use Johnson & Johnson sets. So if you want anything different, like if you want more like an honest baby wash, which is what I love, um, bring that because they'll definitely do the first bath in the hospital. And if you want to use your own products, then bring those. Um, we talked about swaddles, but I definitely think blankets are key. You have a couple different blanket options. It's fun for um, pictures and also they might get dirty a little bit. So have a couple options of blankets. I did from Little Giraffe Brand, I did a matching robe and blanket and it was so cute. Like I was wearing the robe and I was wrapping Parker in the blanket and it was just really sweet. And I still have them both. Super, super soft, by the way. 
And then, of course, last thing, of course, all your little baby things, your socks and your beanies and your onesies and your newborn pacifier. And again, I have all of this linked for you to make it easy. So, you know, when you, when the idea of kind of packing a hospital bag can be so daunting, but I think it can be so fun. So I have this massive list, including all these things and more on, um, on our shopping guide. So make sure you check that out on our website and also on our Amazon page. And you can kind of see my picks for all these different things. Okay. Next question, how to choose a hospital and a pediatrician. So for the hospital part, I think that it's more about, for me at least, picking your OBGYN, your delivery doctor, and then you'll kind of go with whatever hospital they are associated with. If a specific hospital is important to you and you're looking for a delivery doctor, then maybe you pick the hospital and then see who kind of is in their network. For me, I um, did research and I asked around to friends and I found this doctor, Dr. Lisa Karamardian in Newport Beach. Um, she is just such an incredible labor and delivery doctor. Um, she is like so comforting and takes time for all the questions. But then when it's business, I mean, when you when you need her to really show up for you, she does. And she was incredible. She was um, present for all three of my C-sections, which I was so nervous about just because one is during, Presley was during everybody's spring break and still is. And then Parker's is in June getting into like summer vacations. And I knew she had some trips planned. So I was just so grateful that she was present for all of them. So that's another concern. You want to kind of make sure you like the group that they're in. If for some reason your doctor is not able to show up for your birth, make sure that you're happy with the, you know, the other doctors in the group. And then for picking a pediatrician, I would ask your OB who they recommend because they're in this all day. They're seeing the newborns. They're, you know, really experiencing it. And likely, you know, once you get in with them, they know you and what you're like and your preferences, and they'll be able to kind of direct you to a really good pediatrician. That's how I would do it. Preparing for the transition from one to two kids or from two to three This is such a great question, and this is one of those things that I wish that people would have told me before. Here's the deal. Depending on the age of your older kid or kids, they are going to likely remember more than your newborn. So I think that while the newborn is so new, we feel like they need all of our love and attention and care, and of course they do, but... um, you know, for me, I really realized that my older ones are the ones that their whole world has been turned upside down. And so to have your partner or a family member be able to take care of the baby, set time out so that you're not always telling your other ones one minute, I can't right now, to really try to make the transition as seamless as possible. Make them involved and make them feel so important and like a priority. I'm telling you, even if you're just sitting and watching TV with them, just having, you know, someone else take care of the baby or a baby sleep so much, especially at the beginning when the baby's sleeping, really manage your time well to where you're spending time with your other child or your other children. For me, that's really, really key. I think our instinct is always just to do everything for the baby, but you realize, listen, the baby will be fine and the baby will never remember, but your older ones will. So make sure they are a priority and, you know, they feel like a priority. Um, so, um, lots of questions about 
um, belly oils and tummy balms and safe skincare during pregnancy and um, during nursing. For me, it's all about looking at the ingredients. And I think there's so many different really great products out there. It's just a matter of kind of doing your research and running it by your pediatrician to be using, you know, as natural of products as you can. I really am right in the middle on this. I'm not one that goes, you know, way to the extreme to where I'm only using like olive oil soap on my body, but I'm also not the type to just, you know, just to use just anything. I really kind of am like right in the middle. I really try to pick the skincare products with the best ingredients and avoid the ingredients that are not recommended during pregnancy and ultimately always running everything by the, your doctor. Plan ahead for your doctor's appointments and even bring in because that's the fastest and they're busy. Say, hey, these are the, these are the, you know, you can ask them if you don't already have them or if you've already picked them up. These are the things I was thinking about using. What do you recommend or which brand do you like the best? I think that's the best way to do it. And I think that belly oil and tummy balm is so important. I think rub that rub that on four times a day. And even if it gets oily and greasy, have I always wear like a tight tank top, like a black tank top and then whatever else over it. That way I didn't get everything oily. But I think rub it over your whole stomach, even like your sides and even as you grow, like your hips and your bum. I just think not letting these areas get too dry for me was really, really, really like one of the best things. And Listen, I have ab separation from babies. I have lots of issues, but stretch marks was not one of them, luckily. So I think that having lots of belly oil is really, really good. Thoughts on pregnancy during COVID. This is a tricky one, man. Every time I see someone pregnant, I'm like, I just can't imagine being pregnant at this period of life. But I also think it would be so fantastic in a way because listen, I mean, for most, I mean, some people love being pregnant. I was not one of those people. But for most of us, you're missing out on things. You, you know, can't eat the same things. You can't drink. You um, don't have the energy. You want to, you know, you want to nap. I don't know. You're just, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of things that you can't do and that you are limited to. And so this seems like a great time to be pregnant because listen, everything's closed and we're all at home. I mean, I'm done having babies, but if I were to ever consider having babies again, I think it would be right now because listen, we're all at home relaxing anyways. Like, let's do this. Let's go for it. But in all seriousness, I think that doctors are such rock stars for taking such great patient, such great care of their patients, especially during this time. And, you know, I'm sure it's extra stressing on, um, you know, kind of, you know, expecting, expecting moms, but listen, moms are amazing. We can do it. And, um, I know all my friends that are pregnant or thinking about getting pregnant right now, are just kind of taking all the precautions. And I think that's all you can do. Next question about time frames. What about the nursery and when to pack the hospital bag? Great questions. Now, I think that the nursery should be no pressure because likely the baby might be in your room for a couple weeks or even months before. I've had friends kind of, you know, panic about the nursery and get so stressed over it. And listen, like, it will be fine. The baby won't know. If it somehow doesn't work, you know, maybe it's taking longer to do or you're not feeling well or you're moving while you're pregnant or whatever. I just don't think it's that big of a deal if the nursery is not done what when the baby arrives. So take that off the plate. But if if you do have the time and you do have the space, I say do it. It's a fun activity while you're pregnant and with your partner. And I think that it just uh, makes the whole thing more fun. You know how if you go to like the prenatal classes at the hospital, I'm not even sure 
I mean, how much we really learn. Of course, they're valuable, but it seems like it's more like an exciting thing you should do before your first baby kind of thing. So I think it's fun if you can do it ahead of time. It gives you a fun like weekend project and it gets you and your partner excited for baby. Hospital bag. Listen, I'm a big fan of doing that ahead of time. You just never know. I mean, really after 37 weeks, it could safely be go time. And, you know, some people unfortunately have to go into the hospital even before that. So I think get your hospital bag ready to go. I would say don't have it be all your same stuff to where if you had to go in a hurry, you have to like pack all your stuff like you've, you know, packing last minute for vacation. I think, you know, have a second set of your favorite things and have it fully put away. So that bag is like basically by the door, grab and go and uh, you're jamming. How did you manage your weight and fitness while pregnant? So we talked about this quite a bit. This one for me I wasn't concerned about the weight. Like I wasn't monitoring it. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't going in each week, like worried about how much I was going to be on the scale at the doctor's. But I was just like, you know, trying to eat healthy most of the time, splurging when I wanted and, and totally enjoying it. But on the regular, trying to focus on, you know, giving my body fuel and nutrients and then sweating every day in some way, whether it was 10 minutes or whether it was an hour, just making a commitment to having that momentum. Okay, let's get into birth. Here's the deal. Be prepared for anything and be open-minded and be calm. I have had so many friends that have shared their experience with me that they had such a specific plan in their mind and then they didn't even know how to handle it when things went sideways. And I've had a couple friends, a couple friends who have gone through who who were having a hard time with labor and their doctor said, listen, I really think this is going to have to be a C-section. And they're like, no, 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 I, whatever, whatever you do, I just do not want a C-section. And so they labored for longer and kind of got further in the process and almost from what I understand kind of had, you know, a, and then it had to go to a C-section and then almost had a little bit of recovery from both ways and went through hours of discomfort and or pain you know, even though their doctor said, listen, this is like 90% has to end in a C-section to keep you safe and the baby safe. But in their mind, they were just like, I just don't want a C-section. And so it kind of made it harder on everybody. So um, I just think if you can prepare yourself for anything, understand that there, you know, there's not just one way for the baby to come into the world. And sometimes you just have to be calm and trust that the experts know what they're doing. I had a C-section for all three babies because Stella, my first, was breached. So I'll never forget Dr. Karamardi and doing that ultrasound and was like, oh, and she's breached. And I was like, and what does that mean? And she says, well, she is sitting like basically bum down instead of head down. So it's not safe for the baby to come out that way. So you have a couple of weeks. If she doesn't flip, then we're going to schedule a C-section. And I'm telling you, I probably spent two hours a day on my head with frozen veggies on my stomach for for what must have been two or three weeks. And my husband finally came home and he was like, enough is enough. Like you just, you have to accept what this is. And he was right. The Stella never turned. I had to have a C-section. And then the next two were C-sections. I think that most doctors recommend this for safety after you've had one C-section. But I also have a kind of a benign kidney issue, which put me into, you know, kind of a high-risk category. 
Um, it's a, it's just a little, it's a, I mean, it's a kidney disease, but for most people it's benign. And for me at this point, it's benign. So, um, but then also when I had Parker, I was 35, which I didn't realize that is considered high risk. So C-section for all three babies. And so I can't speak to what actual labor feels like because I've never gone into labor, but, um, C-section recovery is rough. I think that they both can be rough in different ways. I've talked, you know, endlessly to friends who have had natural birth and some have very little issues. Some of them have lots of tearing and stitches and that's a difficult recovery. I think that most people think that a C-section is a longer recovery. It's difficult because, you know, they cut through the muscles in your stomach and you have stitches and all that type of thing. So, um, I think that um, the biggest thing, like I kind of said earlier, that I didn't realize is you're going through a lot and you might have complications. Like I just couldn't wait to hold my babies in my arms. And the first two were pretty smooth as far as the actual delivery goes, the C-section. But then with Parker, uh, baby came out, things were good. And then all of a sudden, everyone's tone changed. Everyone was listening to music and chatting and everyone's tone changed. They put the baby on me and I was so happy. And then they realized that I had an issue that they had to kind of go in, that they had to keep going and kind of dig around and, and, and I mean, for lack of a better term, like burn things off inside of me. And um, everyone was, you know, really pretty serious about this. So um, it was the craziest feeling because they had to give me more um, drugs through my IV because they were doing more and going deeper and all this stuff. And I had the baby on me and I was so excited, but then I was getting so hot from the medicine and it was uncomfortable. And I was like uh, almost dizzy. And I was like, you know, you have to take the baby off me. And I was just so upset and emotional because like, I've been waiting so long for this baby to be on top of me. And now I'm like, you got to get this baby off of me, but you just have to understand that things aren't going to be everything that you expect them to be. It will all be fine. So, um, my husband took the baby, they went and chilled, they finished up with me and then rolled me back in. And I was able to kind of like, um, you know, chew on some ice chips and feel a little bit better and then, and then bring the baby back on. And I just tell you this so that you kind of realize, like, you just can't put that much pressure on yourself. At first I was like, oh my gosh, I feel terrible. And I'm like, listen, it's all fine. I have a lifetime with this kid. Let's just get through this get to feeling good, you know, um, and then we'll have, we'll have plenty of time. We'll have plenty of skinny skin. We'll have plenty of moments. Um, I think that a C-section recovery is, um, rough, especially if you have other kids at home because you really aren't supposed to lift anything at all for quite a while. So you're going to need a little bit of help if you have other ones, depending on their ages. But here's the thing. You have to listen to the rules. When I had Presley, Stella was one and a half and I just refused to listen to the rules. I wanted to make sure that she felt okay and that she was loved and intended to. So I was lifting her up and I split my incision, which was the worst thing to have to go back in and have stitches put back in because I split it because I was carrying her around. So follow the rules. Life is long. It will be okay. Do all the other things, but just don't lift them. Let's get into brother and sister gift or basket ideas. I will post a picture about the cute little things I did. My girls were so excited to have a boy that I made them little aprons that said big sister Stella and big sister Presley. And in their aprons, I put like a little brush 
and a little passy and a little stuffed animal. So they had like their little supplies in their apron and they loved it. They felt so involved and so excited for him to be here and like they were the little helpers. So whatever age your other child or children are, I think think of what will make them feel special in that moment. Like they have a very special place in this whole experience and in this moment. So that way they just feel very embraced during all this. I think that's the key. Questions about doulas. Now, I've never had one. I've never had a close friend that have had that have had one. I think for certain people, it feels so very right. And then, you know, for other people, they want it more traditional. So, I mean, that's one of those things that I just feel like you got to go with what with what feels natural to you. For me, and listen, I respect everybody's situation and opinions. For me, I would never have. Uh, I will never, I would never give birth outside of a hospital just because I know that so many things can go sideways and I just want the best medical attention possible, all hands on deck. So that's the only thing that I will say is I would always be in a hospital myself. Lots of questions about visitors and relatives and setting boundaries with them. And this is such a great question because I think that, um, a lot of new moms have this kind of make this mistake at first and overwhelm themselves. So if you're listening to this in real time during COVID, you don't even have options for having guests at the hospital. So that kind of makes it easy, but then you're going to have that decision to make at home. Now I'll kind of do this part two ways. So one is, you know, how comfortable you feel with COVID related. I think that I would have people take a COVID test before coming, um, maybe keep their distance, do a mask. Depending on when you're listening to this, I would take the precautions if it's still in COVID. But let's talk about, you know, sunshine and rainbows. After COVID, it's very, very interesting because my first time, it's like, you know, all we learn every time. I was just so excited to have a baby. I was so open. I wanted everyone to come. And you don't realize you're going through a lot in recovery. And I'll never forget, I had invited people and the nurse came in for a checkup and I wasn't quite sure. And she kind of like lifted the lifted my blanket just to kind of give me a little checkup. And she was tugging at things. And I just remember like tears rolling down my face, face just because it was kind of uncomfortable and painful what she was doing. But I wanted to be tough because there were people in the room. I was like, oh my God, like this is just too much. So I just think that maybe you should keep people on standby and then just be able to be flexible, maybe not commit and just do what you feel like. This moment is about you and your partner and your new baby and your family. And there will be plenty of time for people to see your baby. And listen, people will always understand. That's another good point. Use the pregnancy card, use the newborn card. It is not going to last forever. If there's something you don't feel like doing, don't worry about offending people. Use the pregnancy card. Use the newborn card. Everyone will understand. I just think setting those boundaries is going to be key for you recovering and you bonding with the baby and not feeling overwhelmed or stressed and also not being uh, not being glued to your phone. I would stay off your phone as much as you can in the hospital. Um, take your pictures. Take your candids. But not everyone needs an update real time. Like tell everyone you're good, send them the photo and then soak it in. Like those days kind of seem slow in the hospital, but I'm telling you just sitting or laying with your baby is just so incredible. Before you know it, you'll be home and it will be a different experience. I would say stay off your phone as much as you can. So pictures in the hospital, one of my favorite things. So I love 
um, newborn pictures the very day the baby is born. This last pregnancy, I had my incredible friend, Greg Loza. If you are in Orange County, he is such a incredible newborn photographer. I mean, he doesn't specialize in newborn photography, but I forced him to, and he was so great. He came to the hospital um, the evening that Parker was born. Now, I did this with all my kids, but I kind of got better each time. They always have a hospital photographer, but for me, I wanted something a little bit more special and, you know, just someone who knows you. So if you are able to, if you feel like it, um, book a photographer. And it's hard because sometimes you're not, you don't know when you're going to have the baby. So it's hard to just have someone on standby. So that's a little bit difficult to navigate. But if you can, that'd be great. Um, someone asked about um, hair and makeup in the hospital. I definitely didn't do that, but I know people who have. If you have a C-section, maybe you get a blowout the day before or, um, you know, you could do your makeup special. I really um, just kind of was like in the moment and I did my makeup, my little smoky eye like I normally do. And then listen, I just had the photographer just airbrush out the, the, the bags under my eyes or, you know, the inconsistencies in my skin just from being pregnant and delivery. Um, so I would not worry too much about pregnancy and I mean, um, hair and makeup in the hospital just because you don't need to look that done up anyways. And you can always give a little bit of smooth in the, in the post-production there, but pictures in the hospital are so cute. Um, but it, it, one thing to note is it is cold. Like I wanted all these cute, like naked photos and stuff. And my husband let me do a couple and he was like, this is insanity. It's freezing in here and you keep taking the blanket off the baby. Please stop. So have a couple options, have your little props, have them in a special place. So if you're kind of stuck in the bed, cause it's the same day, have someone else be able to grab the little thing of all your little, you know, whether it's a hat or a beanie or a bow or a personalized something, have it in its own area. I forgot to use a couple things because I kind of had them all thrown in the bag, not realizing that I wouldn't be the one getting up and kind of styling it. So do those in the hospital if you can. And then once you get home, I love newborn photos like a full week later. So, you know, the baby's been soaking in fluids for the last nine plus months. Let's give the baby some time to dry out and de-wrinkle, not look like such a little old man. And I love newborn photos in the home. I just think they are the sweetest thing and it's a great way to get pictures of the baby in in your family room, your living room, in their nursery if it's all set up, um, them with the baby with you, with the whole family. I just think it is it's so sweet, and it's a the baby's still so little. But for me, it was worth having the photos in the hospital, fresh, fresh baby, and then like a full week later. So they're still super tiny, but they've kind of had you know they've had time to even out a little bit. And um, for this, I would plan ahead of time. That's one mistake that I made is I just, I wasn't thinking about the at-home photo shoot. So just plan one outfit for everyone to wear that you like. Um, if you're going to want, you know, like flowers in the photo or, you know, a couple little props, just have that sorted out ahead of time. That week goes fast and you don't want the stress of kind of scrambling for these things. Um, favorite newborn products. I am going to do a whole blog post all about my newborn essentials. And if I were to go through all these on this episode, this episode would be like three hours long because there's, there are so many things I love, but also I think you need way less than you think that you need. You do not need so many things. And listen, with Amazon Prime these days, as you need things, you could get it the next day. I really think that less is more. I think that you don't need this huge, massive registry with 700 things. Focus on the basics and what you're going to need first 
and all the other things can kind of come with time. It also makes it seem way less overwhelming. You need your infant car seat and your stroller. You need um, some sort of bassinet for the baby to sleep in or a crib. You need your swaddlers and your diapers. I mean, I would really stick to the basics rather than kind of overwhelming yourself with like massive newborn products. How about surviving? Someone sent in the funniest question. Funniest question. How do I survive the first 24 hours at home with a newborn? This is such a great question and it is remain calm and realize that you got this. It's going to be the craziest transition. You're probably barely going to sleep. But here's the thing. It's also like just so magical. But I know friends who have like come home all of a sudden with the baby and are like, wait a minute. Okay, cool. Now what? I think that it, it helps to be prepared ahead of time. So maybe that's watching YouTube videos or reading some um, books about different baby schedules. I really think that for me and everything that I know about babies, getting them on a strict schedule isn't essential at the very beginning. I think like at three months old, that's when the schedule and the rules should really apply. But I think when they're so little, they kind of, you know, Eat. Of course, you're going to want to make sure they're eating enough and, and breastfeeding or doing formula if you're supplementing. So of course, you need like a loose schedule. But as far as like a very structured schedule, I think that should come a little bit later. And I think that as far as like the first 24 hours, but even beyond that, one thing that I wish someone would have told me is if you're able to have a little bit of help, so from a family member or friends, or even maybe you hire someone to help you, like, you know, maybe a young girl in the neighborhood or a family friend or something like that, I think it's a really great idea. Um, but not for what you would might, for what you might think. So a lot of times, um, I've had friends and I have had a babysitter to kind of like help with the baby and while I did the other stuff. And then one day I woke up and I was like, what the hell am I doing? It should be reversed. I should have them unpack the groceries and, you know, tidy up the house or catch up on laundry. Make sure you're doing the things that you want to do. People who are there helping you, whether you're paying them or not, are just want to help. So I think about what you want to do and give someone else those other things, especially if you're paying for help, you know, they're there to show up and, and, and you're paying them and they want to just do whatever, whatever is the most helpful. So if you want that time with your baby, um, use that help to have more time with your baby. You know what I mean? That's one of those things that might seem obvious, but I really didn't realize that at the beginning. Let's talk about hormones. Let me tell you something. You are going to be emotional. You are not going to feel like yourself. You're going to question your entire life and, and back again. And that is to be expected. It's totally normal. And now we all have different levels of this, different pregnancies and different times. And and some people, have, you know, really have have some severe postpartum, which I completely understand. For me, what I learned is... Try to have less pressure and try to just like have less things. Like I would have one thing a day if I were to give advice, like pick one thing. Like if you want, so you're not just trying to do a hundred things. Maybe it's, you know, go on like an extended stroller walk or maybe, you know, if you feel comfortable going out to lunch, like just one thing. So that way you're not just like packed. I, for some reason, I just, I felt so kind of like stir crazy kind of being at home. My husband always went back to work pretty quick and, um, 
so I would have him come and get me for lunch every day, like, you know, maybe the first week or two. And then finally I was like, why am I getting dressed and racing out? Like, just chill. This this time seems like it will last forever, but it's just such a short period of time. I think we should slow down. I think that we should put less pressure on ourselves, do one thing a day max, and just enjoy and embrace the time. Um, if you choose to breastfeed, breastfeed and you know, lay and, um, you know, you know, safely nap with your baby and take, take little candids, all the relaxing things. I just wish that I could have told myself, will you please just do nothing, slow down, enjoy, be good to your body and just relax. But listen, that's not what I wanted to do. And there was no telling me otherwise at the time, but I'm telling you hormones are crazy. You will feel crazy. You will be like the happiest you've ever been and likely the saddest you've ever been. It could be, those emotions could be one minute apart. It's all natural and it's all normal. And I think that if you do feel super sad, um, be honest about it and talk to people and get the support you need because I'm telling you, it is so understandable and, um, you know, something that we can work through. So um, talking about maternity leave and working. So as you probably know, I own my own business and I've owned several businesses through the years and I never took an official maternity leave. I worked pretty much all through it. I'd answer emails in the hospital on downtime and afterwards. And, um, for me, I love what I do. So it doesn't necessarily feel like work, but at the same time, if I were to give myself advice, looking back, I would tell myself, completely disconnect for at least like, you know, hospital to like two weeks after, like nothing, like off the grid, nothing. Just so you have less pressure, less to worry about, less to think about. Again, I, you know, I, it's all I know is running my business. I always have. So I always stayed on pulse with my team, never took a maternity leave, but I love the idea of a maternity leave. I think it's glorious. Um, I got questions about adjusting to work after maternity leave, which I think can be so difficult. And my heart goes out to moms who, um, have a difficult time with it because it is a crazy transition. You're at home with your newborn for three plus months and it's just the best bonding experience ever. And then you go back to work, maybe part-time, maybe full-time, but here's the thing. You going out and being who you are and coming back to your baby is a wonderful thing. And oftentimes we can come back as a whole happier person. You don't have to be around your baby 24 hours a day. Uh, and you listen, you should not feel guilty. I really have to do more research and do a whole podcast on mom guilt because this is one of those things that you have to do what feels right, what you need to do for your family, and uh, give yourself a little grace. And listen, if you have to go back to work, but you, you know, don't always, maybe you adjust what work looks like. Maybe you can work remotely. Maybe you can start something else. Maybe you can start an online business. Um, There are lots of different things to do. I just think do what makes you happy. And if you feel like you are forcing yourself to go back to work, maybe consider another type of work to where you can kind of do a hybrid. I um, have always worked from my office, but also from home when my babies were little. So, you know, it's one of those things where um, I could work when I wanted, but I'm never off work. Like it's, you know, really a 24-7 type thing. So maternity leave is tough, especially leaving and, and then going back to work. So I just think the best thing you can do is go with your gut, do what feels right, and not feel guilty about it. 
you know? Oh my goodness. Um, managing your other kids and a newborn. Like I said, I touched on this a little bit. I think that you should make sure you give your older kids enough attention because they are going to be the ones that need it. And also when you do have help there, um, and someone is helping with the baby, maybe you have close family to that want to play with the baby and want to spend time with the baby. When that's happening, instead of doing the dishes, go spend time with your other kid or kids and, and reinforce them and tell them, you know, how helpful they're being and how special this relationship is and talk about the future and talk about the baby as it relates to them. It's so difficult, especially depending on what age your other child or children are. It's hard to have everyone come over and dote over this newborn. Of course, it's natural, but we have to think about the older kid or kid's feelings as well and make them feel loved and supported and special. So they're not jealous of the baby, but they embrace the baby. I was really fortunate that um, with all of our transitions from one to two and from two to three, it was always smooth. The The kids did great with the transition. And I think it's really, you know, it really just attributes to talking really well about the baby ahead of time so they can kind of be prepped and know what to expect and then giving them their special time afterwards and making them feel really important in this whole process, I think is so key. And giving them, you know, the little the little gift or a little basket or something to make them feel so involved. I just try to take out anything that would make them feel jealous of the baby. Now, jealousy is completely normal, but if I could kind of, you know, just help them feel so involved and important and they still have special time, they're gaining so much by gaining a sibling, not losing so much because they're now having to share your time. It is not easy managing a newborn and managing other kids and running a business. And I've had I've had wins, I've had fails, and I really think looking back, um, you know, I think that I I think that the best thing that you can do is to try to be present in the moment, give yourself some grace, do my favorite strategies for being efficient, automate, eliminate, and delegate, and really prioritize. Your time is more taken up than any other time probably in your life because newborns, even though they sleep a lot, they also eat a lot and they, you know, they need constant eyes on them. So it is a lot. I think one of the best things you can do is be smart about your time. If you can, you know, automate things like paying bills and having groceries delivered, if you can delegate certain things like the dishes or the laundry would be great. And listen, eliminate those things, those things that don't absolutely need to happen right now that could happen later or can just be eliminated completely. Let's do it. Because I think that a lot of the overwhelm for new moms, especially is putting so much on ourselves that, you know, you feel behind, you feel behind every day because listen, having a newborn is not efficient. There's nothing efficient about it. You're constantly washing bottles and preparing things and bathing and diapers and recording things and doctor's appointments and all the things. Give yourself some grace. Understand that life needs to be slow right now and you'll just enjoy it more if you're just not trying to do all the things. There are plenty of time for that. In just five short years, they will likely be at school for half the day and then you'll have that time back. I know five years sounds like a long time and believe me, my struggle of trying to, you know, be there all the time for the kids and work will, you know, will not end anytime soon. 
But I just really feel like going with your gut is the best thing that you can do. It really, really is. And I think that understanding that not all days are going to be easy and not all days are going to be perfect in what you expect. But like what you just did is like rock star status. It reminds me of um, Beyonce's, I think it's run the world. Yeah. Where she's like, you know, listen, we, we, you know, have the babies and we go back to business. And I'm not talking about business, like, you know, even working, whether you work or you just manage, I don't mean just whether you work or you manage your house and, and all the family and everything, either way, like we have the babies, then we go back to business. We get things done and we are, um, you know, us moms, we can handle, we can handle a lot and understand, like I said, that so many things will be unexpected that will come up. Like I said, my first one, Stella, was in the NICU. She was having what with problems breathing, what they call wet lungs. And so she was with us the first night, then they took her the next morning. And so, um, you know, and then they made me check out. I had to check out without my baby. So I really have sympathy for people who are in the NICU for a long time because that is the worst feeling, leaving that hospital without your baby, man. Um, I mean, listen, I came, I was there pretty much every minute, but still I had to check out and, and, and the whole thing, but understanding that you being calm and having a nice, clear mind and a positive attitude is going to be the best way to walk into any of this pregnancy, childbirth, newborn at home, all the things trying to really like spend time, especially with your, when you're pregnant you know, being happy and reducing stress and finding the joy in every day, get in your tens. You know, I love the concept of getting in your tens, those small things that make you happy every day, make sure that you're getting them in. And I feel like it will just make you feel better. One thing that I don't know if I talked about, don't exercise too early. Do exactly what your doctor says. Listen, that little bit of exercise isn't going to benefit you that much anyways. And, um, I feel like, uh, one or two of the times out of the three, I just couldn't wait and exercise a little bit too early. And then I just kind of had problems from it. Listen, again, you want, I get it. You want to get back into shape. You want to feel normal again. If you need to do some light stretching, do some things like that, but wait the full amount of time before, so, before you exercise. So your body can really recover. You can make it harder on your body for sure. And then you won't be able to work out for longer if you do it too soon. So take my advice, learn from my mistakes on that one and don't work out too soon. And also understand that, listen, Dr. Karamardian told me what after the first pregnancy, I was like, what the hell is going on? I, you know, I had this baby and I barely lost any weight. She's like, yeah, listen, I get it. A lot of it's fluids. And listen, it, it, it took you, you know, almost a year for the whole first part of this process, it's going to take you a year to, you know, for all, everything to kind of go back in its place. And I'll always remember that, you know, I'm like, all right, listen, the whole process is about a year. It's going to take about a year. And it seems long when you're in it, but it won't seem long afterwards. It's just such a special time. And I just wouldn't do much pressure on yourself. Put wear clothes that you like, um, plan things that you're going to feel comfortable doing and understand that, listen, I know people see those, you know, like, oh, it's, you know, four weeks postpartum and people look like they barely had a baby. You're like, are you kidding me? Like, what the heck? 
you cannot compare yourself. Everybody's different. I feel like that is very unrealistic and not healthy to compare yourself to. Listen to your doctor. Love on that amazing miracle of a baby that you have and realize in a year, you're going to feel great. You can charge your fitness again. And, you know, there's plenty of time to work through that. Do not rush it because I'm telling you, you will regret it. So many great things. I love talking about babies and newborns. Um, I think the universe gave me difficult pregnancies on purpose because I probably would want to have, probably I would want to have five children. Literally, if I'm being honest, I would want to have five. It sounds like such a blast having such a full house. Um, But I'm telling you, I am literally sick for a year. It is the craziest thing. It's like a really bad hangover every single day for a year. And I really think the universe did that to slow me down from my baby making. (laughs) Side note. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope that I was able to um, share some insight and provide lots of value. And listen, congratulations. Whatever, Whatever stage you're at, whether it's pregnancy or birth or newborn or planning or thinking about all this, so much to look forward to and so many exciting things. I am so happy for you and I'm so happy that um, we're together on this journey to kind of have these great conversations. Thank you so, so very much for listening and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the How to Be Awesome at Everything podcast. For more info about today's episode and all past episodes, head over to howtobeawesomeateverything.com where we break it all down. Tell us what you thought of today's topic on Lindsay's Instagram at Lindsay's Cloud. Until next time, go out and be awesome because that's exactly what you are.